Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Indominus, Indomina, Majwo, Nangadef, Habargani, Salbona, Anisogoma, Peace, War, Pan-African Greetings Family. This is your host, Kamal Makasey Tahuti, and you have entered Africa's Reascension. We'll open up as we usually do with our, our apae or libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirits, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. Ago, ago, ago. Odomakuman, Inyame, Inyame Wa, a treaty upon Oloru, Beje Yensa, Asasaya Yensa, Abasun Yensa, Abasun Pol Yensa, Nana Sergibi Yensa, Nana Esiketua Yensa, Nana Dadakofi Yensa, Nana Tigre, Nana Tigre, Nana Tigre Yensa. Nanakumi Yensa, Kwekufri Yensa, Akonade Abena Yensa, Asubontin Yensa, Ochoewa Yensa, Tamensa Yensa, Oshun Yensa, Oya Yensa, Yemeya Yensa, Shango, Shango, Shango Yensa, Nananom Yensamanfu Yensa, and Samanfu Abasu Fawansa Abasu Abasu Fawansa Yeshremo Yansa Yeshremo Ahudin Yeshremo Enchera Yeshremo Sikapa Yeshremo Enquasu Yeshremo Enquasu Abasu Fawan Ye Enquasu I ask that Odumakuman and Yame and Yamewa Olorun use me and this form to impart clarity and cultural consistency to all within the sound of my voice. May I speak directly to your soon soon, your spirit, and reawaken the long, dormant, and asleep African within you. Medasipa, Medasibio, Mo Piafo. Mo ne casa, medasi nana no, yo medasi nana no. All right, 
Welcome everyone. Africa's reascension. Um, what we just did, the Apai is an ancient practice that is still done to this day in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one. As those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing and drawing strength from. <laughs> Let me do that again. Libation is an ancient practice that is still done today <laughs> in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one, as those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now and drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. Oh, man, sorry, fam, I'm a bit flustered. Um, oh, boy, who I eviscerated <laughs> in, 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 in a debate. Got me a bit flustered, but we won't let that take us off of the course of what we're doing here. So I'm going to get back on point. Um, but let me go ahead and do a few um, promos and some music. We're going to do a quick recap of last week's show and then get back into part two of Are We Wasting Our Time with Our Masses First Approach. And this time we're going to, part two is going to focus on us not wanting to change behavior and not wanting to change worldview and just trying to organize based on where we are right now um, and how that's not going to work. And we're going to pull a lot from um, Bob and Amos Wilson um, and what he has to say about consciousness, not the way that we typically normally talk about consciousness, but consciousness from a psychological African psychological standpoint But um, first Promo And music and then a recap And then we'll get into that Peace and divine love Family Do you want to critically analyze African culture From an intellectual, honest and practical Perspective? Are you tired of All the distractions, self-righteousness Yelling and arguing with no plan Or solution? Do you want to build On the facts? and deal with the subject or issue at hand, will come and listen to our nation's ambassador, Asar, make knowledge born every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. That's every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. on the show everyone is talking about, African Holistic Healing, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash ambassador Asar. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ambassador Asar. Spelled A-U-S-A-R. Or call in live to build or ask questions at 347-850-8653. That's 347-850-8653. Peace. We should always begin with the African worldview, with the African asili, as it were, the asili, the cultural seed, the essence of the culture, because that is our grounding, that is our frame of reference, and without an understanding of the African worldview, we really cannot um, critique European thought and European behavior effectively. We need that foundation that comes from outside of the European worldview. We cannot critique 
European thought and behavior functioning within their framework. We have to come outside of it. And for us, what comes from our nature um, is our understanding of the world, the way in which we relate to the world, and the seed from which our culture develops.
that was a nice um, promo. And then, no rhyme or reason, I just want to throw in some Mama Rimba. We need to be listening to her at least once a week, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, African womanhood, African spirituality, um, all of that. We need to listen to Mama Rimba at least once a week. And then that song um, from Sister Omo Sangare from Mali, um, from her um, two-CD set, The Best Of, basically, and that one was The Source. And when you read the liner notes, you can tell a lot of the songs she's talking about, you got to go back to The Source to, to know who you are. And, and and to get at the essence of what you are and that's <laughs> exactly what Africa's reascension is about. So definitely Omu you you you, you bad girl, keep it going. All right, so are we wasting our time with our present masses first approach? Uh well, wait. I wanna thank everyone that's in the chat room, everyone on the call, Q um for those in the chat who would like to um be a direct part of the discussion, uh, 760-454-1111. For everyone who's on the computer, uh, please click all the links and all the um, revolving books on there. That helps me out a bit. So on the show page, in our second segment, some folks actually think that without a change in our present deplorably, deplorable behavior, we can still build something long-lasting to defeat our 600-year recent enemy. We will explore how fallacious that is, and we will look at successful models that have actually worked, and then examine what we can extract from those um, for our present situation. Blueprint for Black Power, um, as well as successful rural societies, will be examined in contrast to some present flawed thinking of no behavior change, no world view changing being needed. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to go into. So last week we basically looked at the master's first approach in the angle of 70% of our energy is put towards awakening the masses, awakening the masses. And only about, and I'm being nice, 30% of our energy is being put towards um, actual institution building and program development. And I basically said, and I'm sticking with this point, that most of the folks who call themselves pro-black, black nationalists and pan-Africanists are stuck in the damn 60s. We're using the same rhetoric, still using the same tactics. Um, the only thing that has really changed is we mouth. We use the word Africa. Excuse me. But basically we're doing and saying all the same stuff, even though our enemy has updated and evolved his and her stuff. And so, yeah, so we just went through a long discussion looking at the fallacy of just focusing on awakening the masses. And the big thing that you could take from it is with the way we presently do it, 70% energy waking the masses, 30% building institutions. What I mentioned was if a million people heard you, and they decide they want to wake up and become African overnight, and they come knocking on your organizational door, 
with the set with the present seventy thirty model. And a million people, million stolen Africans come knocking on your door saying, All right, I'm here, I'm ready. What you got for me? Since seventy percent of your energy had been put on awakening them and now you got a million people here and only thirty percent of your energy was given towards um actual programs, you ain't ba- you basically ain't gonna have shit for them to do because your energy was elsewhere. It wasn't in creating the programs. It wasn't in getting your own organization squared away um, programmatically and infrastructurally. Uh, And so I propose that we need to flip that. Seventy percent of our energy must be put into actual building stuff, actual creating of programs, and 30% is used to awaken the masses. So then if those million people come, you do have stuff to do because you all as an organization first worked out programs and plans for your organization first off. So you've been able to see what works and see what hasn't worked and tweak stuff and scrap stuff and then expand from there. So then if you get a million people overnight, you, you it's, a, it's a bit easier to plug them in to what you're already doing and then increase skill sets and things like that as you go. But you can't get there with the present. All of our energy is being on talking about awakening the masses and only 30% um, building and doing stuff. And so we have to change that. So now the other piece of are we wasting our time is a lot of folks are talking about we need to put our differences in beliefs aside. We need to put our differences of religion aside. We need to come together as black people. We need to come together as oppressed people and and unify that way. And as someone, again, who has been intellectually and actively into this um movement, black nationalist movement, African-centered pan-Africanist movement for about 15, 16 years now, from going to copious amount of meetings and conventions and conferences and symposiums and blah, 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 that shit does not work. I am sure I, over these, over those 15 years, I'm sure I have increased Advil and Tylenol stock three, fourfold just from going to those meetings and leaving with headaches. It's not it sounds good on the surface. You want to get all black people together all immediately, all at once, no matter what backgrounds they come from, whatever, whatnot, and move forward and do some stuff. But while it may sound good, in practical application, it does not work. The reason why it does not work, and I'm going to get into it. This is just like a quick intro. The reason why it doesn't work is because these the, the, the disparate groups of people are not coming together with with any cohesiveness. With without, they are not coming together with shared worldviews, with a shared consciousness. We just may be coming together over an issue, over a brother or sister got beat down, and so we're dealing with that hype energy, we want to do something, we want to do something. And to build something long-lasting, to build something to pass on to um, our, our, our children, 
because um, there's folks in the chat room that's got children, and I know y'all don't want to be y'all don't want the children to be having the same discussions that we're having. I know that. I know when I have child and children, um, I don't want them to be having the same discussions that we're having. So we need to be able to pass them on something, and the present way that we're doing stuff, we're just going to pass on confusion, and that's not what I'm about. So. Consciousness precedes unity. Consciousness precedes unity. Dr. Malesia Sante could not have stated any truer words. Consciousness, a shared and collective consciousness, must come before this unity that we all talk about and want. Now, we will look into what consciousness entails in a moment. Um, I've got a piece from Bob Amos Wilson and, and, and Blueprint for Black Power, and he lays it out. Again, not from the, 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 the nebulous, more colloquial way that we use consciousness, but from an African psychological understanding of what consciousness is. But we're going to get into that. Um, some want unity, but do not know what creating unity consists of. That may be too much work, too much brain work. The lazy among us have tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed in the let's put all of our differences behind us and unite on our color. Or, now they don't say this, but but this is in essence what they're saying. Leave your core foundational principles, that which shapes everything else about you, i.e. your religion, at the door, and let's just unite on our shared oppression. We have been trying and failing at a unity not based on cultural solidarity, not based on African consciousness consistency, not based on African historical accuracy, but based solely on skin color and or Caucasoid brutality. What will it take for us to stop using historically failed models yet expecting different results? Skin color, Caucasoid brutality unity only worked and only works during overt oppression and domination. Let me repeat that. Skin color, Caucasoid brutality unity only works and only did work for a time during overt oppression and domination. When the oppression and domination gets more sophisticated, we must get more sophisticated in combating it. But as I I started off the last show, most of us are dealing with, and I'm using Gregorian calendar here, so excuse me, 2010, most of us are dealing with 2010 oppression, with 1960 tactics, 2010 domination with 1960 rhetoric. That shit has to stop. One question that goes unasked but becomes clear as crystal when you let folks talk is this. Are we fighting to make Caucasoid reality more bearable and comfortable? Or are we fighting to recreate our reality on foreign soil and make it as strong as we can 
for future generations? Yep, I'm going to ask that again. Are we fighting to make Cogazoid reality more bearable and comfortable? Or are we fighting to recreate our reality on foreign soil and make it as strong as we can for ourselves and for future generations? Now, I'm doing a dramatic pause so everybody can ask that question and then ask yourself that question, then even remember it so then you can ask it to other folks. And then when you listen to some other folks, ask, ask that maybe in your head. Now, let me be clear. I fully understand that we have to do certain things to survive and live in this foreign reality. I get that. I had to do it every day. Everybody in the chat and listening on the phone, we have to do that every day. But I differ with that being the totality of our so-called liberation movement. Now, I hate to say this next line, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I believe it to be true. The sad part, I believe, the sad part is I believe 90% of folks who actually deliberately call themselves pro-black, pan-African, and black nationalists are actually striving for making Caucasoid reality more comfortable and bearable for African people. And I hate to say that, but when I listen to the shows, when I, when I, when I, get into organizations and I let people talk, I'm not hearing nation building. I'm hearing comfortable shit and and I'm getting off track. While they mouth a good liberation game to some, they just really want to march, read, protest, vote, Pray, talk, talk, talk. So now, let me check the chat. Let's make sure. Okay, we even got more people. I thought after that, maybe folks had left. Okay. (laughs) So by your continued listening, I'll assume that you're saying you have noticed these same trends and want to do something different. Now, that's key because always the first step in any transformation process is to first acknowledge the flaw and be willing to transform or to do something different. Consciousness precedes unity. If you aren't willing to do the work to create collective consciousness, then please shut up talking about unity. Consciousness precedes unity. Now, in Blueprint for Black Power, um, Baba Amos Wilson's master work, it is deliberately structured in a specific way. Chapters 1 and 2 define and discuss aspects and natures of power. Chapter 3 is the social and cultural origins of power. Chapter 4 is consciousness and power, and we'll, we'll delve into that shortly. Chapter 5, Self-Concept and Power. Chapter 6, Power and Personality. Has anyone listening who has read all, most, or some of Blueprint for Black Power 
ever asked yourselves why a book purporting to be a blueprint for economic power would start out with things like self-consciousness, personality, excuse me, self-concept, personality, and consciousness? Has anyone asked themselves that question? If you have a shame on you, <laughs> what Bob Amos is trying to get across with this deliberate content structuring is that before any, any discussion of money sharing, before any discussion with words like nation building, sovereignty, or autonomy in it, these six chapters must serve as one's foundations, one's grounding blocks and be fully understood before moving forward. You cannot get to sharing money with a group of folks, 10, 12, 100 folks, if y'all aren't at least coming from some semblance of deeper consciousness, deeper um, 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 solidarity, deeper group cohesiveness. I have tried it, and it doesn't work. (laughs) I've talked to many of folks who have tried it, and it hasn't worked. Your personality, your self-concept, your consciousness are all powers within themselves. And that must first be understood and then reclaimed within our African understandings of reality to use them as empowerment and empowering tools for collective uplift. I, I, I like how that sounds. I'm going to re-read that. Your personality, your self-concept, and your consciousness are all powers within themselves, and that must first be understood and then reclaimed within our African understandings of reality to use them as empowerment and empowering tools for collective uplift. We have to put our beliefs aside. No, 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 no. When I hear that, I know immediately that that person is new to this and has more organizing and more studying to do. Our beliefs have to be of one general accord at some point, at some level, especially in the beginning. Now, let's look at two more successful unified groups, and see what they had in common so we can reduplicate those successes. Now, again, from Blueprint for Black Power in Chapter 3, he gives an assessment of the Nation of Islam. Now, for our purposes here, we'll just highlight page 81 when he says the NOI has a group identity and name, a distinct system of ethics, mores, folkways, and values, distinct modes of dress, distinct culinary styles, culinary and dietary styles. They have developed ways and means of intra-group cooperation and organization which permit them to act in a coherent, cohesive, and collective terms. And if I can... Grab my notes real quick. Y'all chopping it up in the chat room. I like that. 
I'm coming. Page 82. Key ingredients. The key ingredients which define the nation of Islam and its social, economic, social, cultural outcomes, influence, and power potential can be utilized by other black organizations and the black community as a whole to gain power, liberation, independence, and respect without converting to Islam as a religion. These include an African-centered identity and consciousness, African-centered ideological systems based on thorough knowledge of and admiration for African-centered race-first educational and economic institutions and relations, an African-centered do-for-self orientation, African-centered manhood, womanhood, familyhood, training, and institution building, African-centered sense of high self-esteem, self-confidence, self-love, self-assertiveness, expressive creative intelligence, values, and behaviors. Not nebulous um, manhood, womanhood, familyhood training, not pie in the sky, not um, universal, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean, specifically African-centered. So now we have to keep these factors in mind. Um, now let's briefly examine some similar factors within our successful maroon communities. Now, 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 first we want to say we do need a new damn term outside of maroon, because uh, that just means some definitions it says just runaway, runaway slave. Other definitions for maroons is just wild animal and wild boar and shit like that. No. We we need somebody, um, if somebody know a bodily, or maybe I can email, we need a new term for that, um, sovereignty seekers at all costs. That, that That's a better concept uh, than just runaways and, and wild animals and stuff like that. But for folks who don't know, the Maroons were us, were enslaved Africans who escaped plantation life and created autonomous communities outside of the chattel enslavement system. So basically, wherever enslaved Africans were, you had these autonomous communities. Some of the mo- one of the most successful maroon groups were called Quilombos in, in Palmares, Brazil. And everyone that's in the chat, everyone that's listening live, you must see the film of the same name. It's called Quilombo. That is a magnificent film that, that that depicts our enslavement resistance admirably. The the the, the Colombos and Palmares they fought back Portuguese and other Caucasoid reenslavement antics for one hundred years. They fought these crackers back for a century and were successful. They kept trying. The Portuguese kept trying to create treaties. Um, to to they they was like, okay, we 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 got it. We can't defeat y'all. Let can, will y'all will y'all sign these treaties of of peace with us? So y'all will stop warring with us, and we'll stop warring with y'all. And when they were of their right minds, they said no and rejected those treaties. 
Um, there was one leader that did try to sign the treaty, and within the movie you see what happened, and so the successor um, quickly tore up that treaty, you know, some years later, um, and, and, and they were able to, re, again, regain their um, sovereignty and their autonomy. Um, you also have the um, Samaka, S-A-A-M-A-K-A, also called the Saramanka people in Suriname. You have the Maroons in Jamaica. You have the Gullah Geechee Maroons down in um, the South, South Carolina. And there were hundreds of others. Um, and, and we are going to have some shows. That's one of my, like, um, side passions. I've got a few side passions, but one of my side passions is looking at our aspects of resistance, wherever it was, because I, when you look at how slavery is taught in the schools, in most documentaries, in most of the books, they hardly, if ever, talk about resistance. And that's deliberate. They do not want to put in your, in my, in our future generation's mind that we resisted these bastards when they came for us. They want to keep us thinking that um, we, we, we were the happy darkies that came. Um, we didn't fight back. The whole Uncle Tom cabin syndrome and slavery wasn't that bad. And they just forgot when they took us off of our homeland, our, our family still there just forgot about us. No. No, 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 no. That is so untrue and so far from what actually happened. It is crazy. But you don't get that unless you do the digging. So you've got um, white boy Richard Price who wrote um, a few books. Some folks even call him the expert on, on maroon community. I can't give that credit to a white boy. He just wrote the books and pulled together the research. But we have other folks now that are going back through and looking at it and extracting what we need to um, use uh, for liberation. So Richard Price, one of his books was on Maroon Societies, Rebel Slave Communities in the Americas. It's about a 300-page book, excuse me, 400-page book that looks at, at a lot of the different um, maroon societies that he were able to come up with in Central South America, you know, Brazil, and in America proper. Um, you also have the book called Fighting the Slave Trade, which was edited by um, Sylvia D-I-O-U-F, so probably Joff, um, assuming she's from um, the, 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 the West African Mali region. And um, that book walks through how the resistance that we were doing on the continent. We don't even hear about that. We were fighting folks. Uh, we were fighting the white folks when they were coming on the shores. We had... Um, Neutral postures where we would just, you know, try to mask the village so they, they wouldn't see the village and just walk past it. You had defensive strategies where when we knew they were encroaching, we set up elaborate traps for them to fall through and kill themselves with. Then you also had groups that went on the offensive against them. And in this book, in, 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 in different um, essays, she and the other editors are walking through that. Um, so I'm getting a bit off track with the Maroons. Uh, well, not really because we are talking about it, but I will definitely be doing some shows more specifically on the Maroons communities and just on resistance. Um, I've even gotten to a few books. There's one called If We Must Die, where, again, another white boy went in and he was looking at 
um, the resistance that we were doing aboard the, aboard the slave ships. All we hear about is Amistad, but there was over 800 <laughs> rebellions on these different ships. Uh, and now, of course, I'm here talking to you now, and y'all are in the chat room, so they weren't successful, all of them. But there were some that were successful. There was a few that were successful where the enslaved population killed all the cracker crew, and, and one of them took the ship back to Sierra Leone. There was um, a few other a few others who were successful and took the ship and and um, went to went to different areas in Brazil and the Americas. So we have examples of success of resistance, but we don't get those stories. We're just the happy darkies who who um, who came over here willingly. Slavery wasn't that bad, and we're all Americans now. No. We fought back in every angle of the fight, in every angle of the Ma'afa, we fought back on them trying to bring us over on the ship and then over here. And one of our best aspects of that resistance was the maroon communities um, that were over here, which set up, again, autonomous societies outside of the enslavement system. Hmm. Now this is interesting. Um we've got someone with their hand up but don't have a number. Oh wow, a lot of people in the chat room. Thank you, thank you. Uh, no number here. This is interesting. I'm gonna take this call and I'm gonna let you know if you own some craziness, my mouse button will click you off. Now, if you have a dissenting opinion, I don't have a problem with that, depending on how you represent it. But let's see what this call is. Um, A-M-A-L-I-K-1, um, let's bring you on, see what you have to say. Hotel, brother. This is Brother Jaja Malik, brother. <laughs> oh, what's up, man? You blocked your number. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I did that. I, it's the first time I, I actually used a blog talk through Skype call. So maybe it's because I'm out of the country or something that is it's like that. For everyone who doesn't know, and most folks don't know, this is our brother Jaja Malik Aten Ra. We used to hold down San Diego's conscious community when we was out there. Back in the 90s, did a whole bunch of good stuff, uh, and we're still pushing now. He's out in Morocco. I'm out here in D.C. What would you like to add to this discussion? Well, I uh, I just wanted to first thank you on, on bringing this question up. Uh, it's something that I know personally I've thought about uh, for uh, a number of years. Um, but I do have some questions, like, would we say this masses first approach when did this masses first approach begin because uh when i'm thinking about at least in in africans in american history and in our organizational efforts there's always been organizations at least the ones that have organized on a large scale where they bring you into their particular uh, ideology or uh, methodology 
more so than just going out trying to reach everyone door to door. There was a process that, for example, the Panthers, you had to become a Panther. And from that, you supported the Panther agenda, uh, whatever. And that, that in some cases, well, in most cases, it did uh, coincide with some of the needs of the masses, but there was a uh, prerequisite of you joining the Panthers to do this. The same thing with the Nation of Islam and the same thing with the UNIA. I think what we're missing is that process that went into taking someone who has little knowledge, a little self-awareness, a self-consciousness of who they are, and how to get that person to go from this point to the finished product within the organizational structure. And I think other organizations in the past, at least the ones that I've mentioned, they were successful in being able, like, I mean, especially the Nation of Islam, you take a brother from prison or someone on drugs, and then you bring them under your umbrella of your ideology, and now this person is transformed into something that fits whatever that product, that finished product that they want. I think right. with my experience in, uh, in, in organizations, somehow we lost the, the methodology in being able to do that. So we have people who are joining organizations. Okay, I want to join the Pan-Africanist organization. But when but they have not been changed. That means that they can still go to the nightclub. They can still hang out with the, the white friends. They can still sleep with the white women. And it doesn't change. We haven't changed their behavior, their, their, their consciousness. So thus, when we do come together, you're right. We have all these different people who are coming from different conscious levels. Right, a self-awareness level, and we're trying to organize as a unit, which is all tends to be the downfall of most organizations. So I just wanted to add that to the table just to see what you think and others think about that. Right, no, that's good. And seven two zero, I do see you on there. I'll get to you in a moment. I I like last week I had tried to throw together, you know, some type of masses first approach ideology, but I basically had to come to the point that I didn't know where it came from. Um I know one trend that I am seeing is that because, I mean, I think you and me, we sort of came through the process too, but I'm, I'm now that I've, you know, got 15, 16 years in this, I can look at a little retrospect. The younger folks who are coming into, now let me say it this way, the, the, the typical nationalist upbringing is that we, we read the books, we watch Eyes on the Prize, um, we get, you know, read the Panthers books, we, we, we look at um, the works of, Samora Michelle and and I'm a call Cabral and 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 Pat Moore and those folks and and you see that within all of that there's this big rhetoric on and especially SNCC and Kwame Ture and 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 and, and uh, AAPRP folks there's this big 
push for awakening the masses and 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 the politicizing and and the younger folks who are just coming in they get inundated and inundated with that information and since there's nothing else to look at critically on how to organize then we all just fall into okay that must be the way that it is because everyone else is reading and watching this information everyone else is coming from this vantage point, so I must be doing the right thing. And it seems like only after some years and after doing some meetings and after leaving with headaches <laughs> do you then think of doing something different. But that's the only thing I can really see as maybe a, a an origin of it that is possible that the, 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 the since we're not getting the information in a systematic broken down way, we're just reading the books loosely and watching these films loosely and hearing the lectures loosely and being over inundated with getting the masses, waking up the masses, that we just follow along in that process. So that might be it. Maybe I can look in the chat room and see if other folks got something else to add. Um, 720690, let me bring you in. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, hold up, brother. This is Kenneth from Denver. Hi, how's it going, Kenneth? Pretty good. Uh, just listening in. Sounds real good. Um, you know, nothing to really disagree with or nothing. Um, I appreciate Any... taking the time out to even discuss this kind of stuff and to deal with it. This chat room is pretty hot, though. <laughs> and yeah, your show I, is pretty I, good, I can so barely. I just appreciate it. I can barely keep up. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither, but. You know, uh, one question I had, I guess, would be um, the resistance stuff that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, did you did you name some? I think you did name like two books, but there's this ah. good list that we could use of resistance and revolutions that we've carried that many of us just aren't aware of. They don't teach us about. But there's several books by Caribbean authors, uh, American authors, African authors. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah, yeah, I did so, only mention no. a few. But yeah, I'm gonna definitely if if you got some if you in you in the chat room too? Yes, I've been listening to a lot of them in the chat room. Oh, oh okay. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go back yeah, to I, I sell about. books. I've been selling books for about twenty years. And we have okay. everything we need to do what we need to do, we just need to use it. Exactly. Everyone wants to reinvent the wheel. It's like we got a lot of the stuff out there. Let's go ahead and use it. See what works, see what don't, then move on. So, yeah, definitely. But a lot of it is ego and laziness. Ooh. That's a lot of our barriers. Ooh. <laughs> it's difficult to love through difficult times. It's difficult to pick up the slack when somebody's slacking and you're tired. Very true, very true. And that's where we run it from. That's my opinion. But I'll sit back and listen. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right. Brother Clown. Yep. Uh, just have one more comment before I get out of here. Um, one of the other things, too, uh, for at least now living abroad now for almost two years uh, in Africa, uh you get a, a different perspective uh, on things, at least how things are going uh, in in America, especially in the Pan-Africanist groups, among the Pan-Africanist groups. And I think our analysis is 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 incorrect. Uh, 
and I know this was a big Panther thing to 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 always have the correct analysis in order to have the correct solution. But I think our analysis is wrong, and, and I think it ties into the 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 topic that you're you're putting forth today. Is the problem? This is just my opinion. The problem with our organizational efforts is not with the masses people. It is with the so-called conscious nationalist pan-Africanist in the organi- uh, leaders of the organizations themselves. This is the fundamental problem that that you have all the information, and I, and I like what the brother said. We have all the information. And we have even more information than, say, uh, previous uh, uh, liberators uh, have had. So what exactly is the problem? I mean, Amos Wilson left Blueprint for Black Power. Um, You can just use that one book to free yourself if you really took it to heart and understood it completely. Now, what is the problem with one organization over here and this organization over here not being able to to bring together or put together or organize together uh, for their own benefit? We're not even talking about the masses yet, but for their own benefit. We have organizations that are operating with two or three members on letterhead. Other organizations operating with four or five members. And and you you say well what is all of this this splintering in the in the the so-called community the, the the knowledgeable community in America what is the basis what is the cause of this and we don't want to go back and say oh it's the Cointel Pro and all of this it's something psychologically that is incorrect with our analysis when we reach a certain level of consciousness coming from the American perspective, uh, you know, being black African from uh, America, coming from that perspective that prevents us from being able to join together with like minds, even if there's differences. Because I can tell you now, any of you come to live in Africa, you're going to find out that African people are diverse in the in their interests, in their religions, in their culture, in their language. And if you're not able to deal with people who who are coming from different backgrounds than you, you're going to have a hard time surviving in Africa in general. So to me, this is the experience that I'm experiencing living in Africa and being able to do it. And I'm like, well, why is it that we we tend not to do this in America? And it's something is wrong with us. Something is wrong with our own consciousness on how we come to this consciousness, and something is missing. Whereas other groups can do it, and it's not just the religious thing. It's not just the spiritual thing. People think, oh, well, you you're Yoruba and you're Muslim and you're you yeah, these are factors, and these are things that could be used to divide. But even if you come to Africa, you'll see people of traditional religions 
still divided on some level or not. So something has to be more, it is something more cohesive has to bind us. And it has to be bigger than just we're black. Or it's just bigger than the whole that, you know, you know, I'm for Africa. It has to be something bigger than that. And I'm still trying to figure out what it is, but it's definitely something missing in in our whole psychological makeup being so-called pan-Africanists living in America, or nationalists living in America, or whatever we're calling ourselves. Something is missing in that. I'm sure uh, you gave me something to think about, and I'm sure you gave our callers, our, our other listeners, something to think about too. What what is that larger piece that 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 we're missing in this? Definitely, because <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it. Um, and you say you don't have the answer, and I know we both been <laughs> trying to figure this out for a while, and and so um, we're gonna have to put some brains on it. We're gonna definitely yeah. have to put some brains on it. Yeah, and I I would leave with one theory I've had, and it it goes back from having a conversation uh, with one of the old time Panthers. I'm not going to mention uh, a name, uh, but uh, but sitting around dialoguing uh, with this person, I picked up Actually, a lot of. Wait, yeah. Let me do this real quick. We got two minutes left in the show. We got a lot of folks in the chat room. I say Madasi to everyone there. If you would like to continue this discussion, because the if you listen on the computer, it's about to cut out. Um, our live number is seven six zero four five four one 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 one. In about a minute and a half, you will no longer be able to hear it on the computer. You will only be able to hear it if you've called in seven six zero four five four one 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 one. Now. My switchboard may also drop off too. So unlike last week, so brother Jaja, I'm gonna play our, I'm gonna play our closing, <laughs> and then you're gonna come back in and you're gonna share what you got from the um, Panther brothers. So now, play our now closing. I have, one, I have one question now with the Skype. Do I need to call in or can I remain on the line with the Skype? Ooh, that I do not know. <laughs> okay, we'll find out. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. All right. A BB BB Fahodi seven six zero four five four one 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 a BB Fahodi one minute y'all total African liberation. system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. All right, I just wanted to get that in before the switchboard drops. Um, Okay, Jaja, and everyone else? Once the switchboard drops, you'll be brought in live. So if you're doing anything in the background, you might want to mute your phone. Um, but all right, go ahead, Judge. I share your story. Let's see if you. <laughs> well, I'm we'll reading it. I'm reading. Yeah, I'm just like I. Uh, I guess. I guess not. <laughs> no, we can. 
Oh, yeah, because I was reading in Skype. Someone said you can't listen on Skype, so I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I would just say this. I was talking to this uh, member of of Panthers Old School, and the person was telling me that that, that during the time that the Panthers were coming up, there was a lot of organizations around. It was kind of like the same thing that we see now. And the thing that distinguished the Panthers from these other groups was some of the things that they did, right? And it kind of upped the game. You understand? It upped the game. So every organization can sit around and just talk, 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 talk. But when the Panthers upped the game, right, it distinguished them from the rest. And I think that we're at this point with, like, this pre-Panther mode, uh, I mean, pre-Panther uh, era where we had all these organizations, but hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. We got all these organizations doing a lot of talking and very little work, but we need that one defining group to up game, to, to take it to a level where, where other organizations have to match it or basically succumb to the influence of that organization. And this is how it was related to me, that you have to be up the game. And it's like everybody is in this same pit, and we're all talking and fighting with each other, but no one has separated itself from the pack. You know, we we have had – yeah, go ahead. You know, I was going to say, I, I, I rem- I'm thinking back to, you know, first it was the civil rights movement, and and those folks were seen as radical. And then when 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 Baba Mawali took over the nation, then <laughs> you saw that wow, they weren't radical at all. They're actually sort of Negroes <laughs> compared to what these folks is talking about. At least at that time, you know, Farrakhan got it now, and it's going back the way of the civil rights folks. But yes, yeah, so we need another group that's coming out to then show that, okay, the nation, you know, used to be whatever, whatever, but now, hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically everyone is pretty much at the bottom, it's in the same mode. No one is doing, has taken it to that next level. No one has, has sit and said, okay, let's do this. This is what we're going to do. It's like everybody is in this talk mode or very little mode, or they're in a fearful mode. We have, and I don't have a problem with with brothers wanting to garden and wanting to eat healthy and all of this thing, but if you're on the front line, I don't want the brother with the seeds. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) If you want to... You know, get into the the whole uh, UFO thing and the grays and the browns and all of that stuff. That's all, you know, that's all talk. But when it comes down to doing something, we need the right type of brother and and to do these things. The sisters can afford to do this thing. You know, the brothers cannot necessarily afford to sit and just be talking about just talk, 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 talk. When you see what's going on, I'm in Africa right now, and I'm telling you, the Chinese are here. Every type of white person that you can think of is here. The Indians are here. Everybody is here taking advantages and doing 
putting forth their particular program in Africa. And then when I looked, I said, where is the so-called Pan-Africanist? Where is all of these people who who propagating uh, to be for Africa? And where are they? And they're still in Africa. I mean, they're still in America. So what I'm saying is, let's up the game. Let's get 500 serious-minded black folks. And they say, let's pick a place, a country, a city, and a location and say, okay, we're going to go and set up shop here. And you don't need to worry about, oh, I need to have $100,000 in the bank and all that. Just nonsense. Crazy. People come to Africa with nothing. Met some Chinese, came here with nothing. Nothing, zero. They just had a ticket. <laughs> a ticket. Now, if people can take risks and leave the country, and so-called come to the poorest continent with nothing. Now, these people leaving their country, coming to the poorest continent with nothing, and being able to open businesses and, and being able to do import, export, and all kinds of other things. And here we are as Pan-Africans in America talking about Africa, talking about we love Africa, talking about we want to repatriate. And then at this point, we still stuck in the matrix of America. Still talking about, oh, I need $10,000 to come. And all, all, all this ridiculous. This is the stuff that makes me, like, real sick in, in a sense. Now the switchboard died, so everyone who was still on the phone is in, so y'all can chime in on what Brother Jaja just added. And I, I can't say nothing but concur with you. I mean, it's it's... <laughs> I know you've been trying to get <laughs> – we ain't going to put everything on the air, but what I will say is you've been trying to get me to come over there for a minute, and, and I'm still working on that, but I got, I'm got i working on creating a family first, uh, but then getting over to the continent is definitely high up on that list. But I'm seeing so many articles and information about what China is doing in the continent, and I'm just like, damn, another group coming in, damn. Hey, hey, yeah. Can I be heard? Oh, we heard Hello. you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. We, um, yeah, this is uh, Thomas. I'm calling from Charlotte. Um, oh, the Thomas. Calling, what's going on? Um, there's there's a project that is um, you know, in the works um, in Liberia. Um, there's an, an organization that we're there. They actually, um, they're in the process of getting the, the deeds to the land. It's 222 acres that um, individual personally owns, in which they're looking to develop that strictly for African Americans near the, um, the resort where Bob Johnson um, actually has his uh, his resort at. And then they're trying to get um, new agreements with the government and indigenous peoples to have um, access to 260,000 acres in 15 counties in Liberia. So that's going on um, as we speak. Um, so that so there are some things going on, and there's a brother out of L.A. Um, with the Comedic uh, Pipeline, um, which is something that's going to help with infrastructure for commerce between you know, African-Americans and uh, Africans on the continent, helping them to, you know, be able to effectively you know, track their commerce. He has an um, agreement with FedEx right now in order for, People to be able to trade and, and have you know effective commerce and accountability and be able to you know track what's going on with their transactions um, and and also they're trying to start a, a onyx stock exchange on the next um, 
I think the the time is for the next 24 months. So there are some things that are, that are going on. Some very serious people out there because you do get a lot of people who waste time who, who, who just want to, you know, wear dashiki and you know be able to say you know, hooked <laughs> up and don't really have much to show for it. But there are some things going on. Right. That's why Peace, this Thomas. Thomas. like this. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's to have. To have Jeez. shows like this, so folks that do know this information, we can all share it because we don't, you know, we don't get it on the news, and and even on some of the um, the um, more African oriented news wires and stuff, I don't hear stuff like this. Cause so 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 this is good to hear that you said folks are doing stuff in Liberia. There's a comedic pipeline that's going on with infrastructure, and I know that Kiti Obiawadu also out of doing who who's the grandfather. Of this whole conscious internet radio thing, he just helped set up um, some radio stations in Ghana, and so he's walking through, you know, I guess with a tower and stuff. So he's walking through, helping folks in Ghana um, build up their um, their um, informational infrastructure with with some with radio stations and stuff. So slowly but surely. Yeah, you're only gonna hear it on Blog Talk. That's it. You ain't gonna hear it nowhere else. Trust me on that one. I, I mean, and just, and just for the record, and the, and the, the project that's going on there, I've actually sat at the table on, with the board um, on that project. Mm. So I mean, I actually you know, like the the person who's who's, who's spearheading it. He's been going to Liberia for over some odd, I think twenty some odd years. So he has a relationship with. People because he's done a lot of humanitarian work over there. So now they're they're trying to uh, come back with a platform based on economic development. And, and basically, in the case of Liberia, they have almost 85 percent unemployment, and they don't you know make enough for their own food to support themselves. They have to import everything, even though they have excellent soil and have the resources. They don't take advantage of it. So. Now this ain't David Hitchside. Who, 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 who's this brother that's doing this? Say again. Who's the brother that's doing this? Because I know I've, I've had this, I've been on shows with David Hitt and his um, African American Congress. Is that something yeah, different? It's actually a Thomas Thomas Rogers. Thomas Rogers is the uh, the individual doing it. Is he right. he's not on Blog Talk. This is this is a brother that's about sixty something years old. He's not on Blog Talk. He's actually out doing stuff. He's got farm equipment. He's got trucks. He's he's now he's working on uh, getting you know funds and financing to get stuff transported over there. And he actually has people who have you know farming as a skill set who are ready, willing, able to go over there, but. You know, he's been laying this groundwork for probably 20-some-odd years, and it's just a culmination of um, a couple of things. You know, we, we met, and I, we got him to come on Blog Talk, and then he went out to uh, recently. The, there was a conference in L.A. at um, UCLA, Dominguez Hills, in which there was, um, it was the first annual um, it's, it's African, African-American Expo where they had, like, Everyone from the Rotary Club to different banks to, I mean, it was just a huge uh, event that uh, went on. And so he was able to make some additional contacts and uh, get some more interest. So, yeah, things are moving forward. Um, hopefully he'll be over there in uh, January this year and have the finalized deeds. And so we haven't been talking about it too much because until you get the deeds, you know, a lot of stuff really, really because without land, you really don't have a leg to stand on. So, 
that's why we uh, we haven't done nearly as many shows about it. But um, when I went to the last meeting and I spoke with them, and they wanted me to join the board, but just based on my obligations right now, I told them it would be unfair for me to, to take on that kind of responsibility without being able to fully commit to it. But I helped them in an advisory capacity. So I okay. just recently saw they had some um, some agreements with um, the, the. I mean, he has a. He has somewhat of a relationship with the Surleaf government, but he's not really pleased with what they've been doing because a lot of the, you know, the other countries, like you talk about, coming into the country, they're importing their own labor without, you know, employing the people there. So, yeah, that's a problem. So that's why we need to get over there. We quit crashing the hurry. Indeed. Um, that's what's up. Um, uh, hmm, I'm looking in the chat room. Sincere 750, is that, that's not you, is it? Yes, yeah, me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you had something that you wanted to share with um, Brother Jaja, or this is what you're talking about now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. It, it's yeah, hard Thomas, Thomas is a good brother. Okay. See, that's what's up. We need to. Actually, you know, it's funny. Hold it with the first show I listened to on Blog Talk. My, um, my massage therapist put me on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, for real. That's that's what happened. My massage We started talking. She was like, you know, we was like, oh, what you read? You read this? You read that? Um, I was like, yeah, you need to check out such and such. And that's how I ended up on Blog Talk. Hope was the very first show I listened to on, on Blog Talk last year. Wow. You were able to cut through the muck and mire and get to one of the, the to the cream up at top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, well, you know, sometimes when you when you deal with certain people, they just kind of get an idea, you know, what what you're gonna be into, and you know, so if it was, if she had told me it was like about, you know, about calling about some relationship show or something crazy like that, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have tuned in. But when she told me to talk about, it, I said, okay, you know, definitely. And from there, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of people. I tried to do something to to bring a little bit more unity, but I think we're just not there yet. I don't know if the cold hold room we were trying, what I was trying to do before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of didn't, you know, go the way we planned. But, you know, at least he did make a connection with someone else who was uh, somewhat like-minded in college. And so, yeah, they've been communicating right. everything. So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's people out there who, who really um, understand. And, you know, I think one of the things that, because, you know, there's, there's a brother that has a, has a very, he's very bright, has a good show, but, you know, he, he thinks that the, this type of, a conversation and thought is a waste of time. And I think what people have to approach it from is from a standpoint of just from economics. Now, if you're a person who subscribes to the ideology of a, a nearly fuller and Francis Crest Wilson, they both talk about the nine areas of human activity. So if you conquer the first two, which is on their list, education and economics, that's basically what the Asians have done. They've conquered that they've, they've they made white people feel inferior to them in education and now in economics because a white person will openly say that an Asian person is, is more intelligent than they are. They feel overwhelmed intellectually. And that's what we have to But you, you will never hear them say that about a Nigerian. They'll, they'll, they'll classify them a little differently than they do, do us, but Nigerians are some of the most intelligent people on the planet. You know, um, but besides, suffice it to say that 
you know, this needs to be reviewed from our own interest because we have no leverage. We have no leverage because we have no power. We have no power because we have no economic base. And if you look at any other nationality in this country or any other group, let's just talk about so-called Jews in this country, the reason that they have so much leverage is because they have a whole other country that they support. And the one thing that turned, my, my, turned me around on Bob Johnson, he said a very profound thing. He said African Americans in the United States support Liberia like the Jews support Israel. And it's very simple. Leverage. Very simple. It's not complex at all. And what I like is this ain't this mass, again, to tie it in with the show, this ain't a mass movement. This is a brother, obviously, you know, who maybe three, four, five people, <laughs> maybe just one person. I, I'm not sure. You, you would know that more than I do. But saw a need, decided to take it upon himself to, to do it, and now he's getting masses together versus going out trying to get 100,000 folks to agree with him and what he was doing and then moving forward that way. Obviously, he saw the need as a small group or maybe even as an individual, and he's moving out. And now you are helping getting the masses after the fact by sharing what he's been doing for the last 20 years. And that's, again, how it's usually been done, how it's supposed to be done, versus Mm -hmm. getting a whole bunch of folks all in one damn time. Yeah, you know, like the way I look at blog, I'm sorry, the way I look at Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk Radio is like, you know, CNN or whatever. It's like it's a news format for us because we're going to hear stuff on these shows that we don't hear. We don't have any mainstream stations to listen to. So, you know, like I always hear brothers talk about, oh, well, we just talking. It's called Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> You're doing a Blog Talk show. You're going to be talking. The question is, what are you going to be talking about? Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, that you have, you know, you have the, the filler stuff and then you have the, the, the entrees. <laughs> you know, and I think that we provide in the entrees for the people. You know, there's that other stuff out there, you know, just like with anything. But you got to have some type of talk that people can tune in to get that fuel, that reinforcement. And I know it does it for me. I mean, like I told people, y'all guys have no idea what you do for me going a whole seven days dealing with these crazy-ass people. And then, you know, on Sunday I have a chance to be, you know, communicate with my brothers and sisters who are going through the same crap that I am. Mm-hmm. So just on that level, it, it, it serves a function. But, you know, are we all doing things offline as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So now what did y'all think about, um, have y'all, actually since he just asked it, we might have to wait and listen to the archive and then come back and answer it afterwards. But what Brother Jaja asked as far as what's that one thing that, that, that we're missing as far as larger unification aspects? I think it's really, I mean, kind of to sum it up, not that I have the answers, but I think to sum it up is that it's our value system. I think we've adopted European value system, and so, therefore, things that we, we find to be important, this whole emphasis on, you know, having your know, 22-inch rims, on being hood rich, 
and not, you know, owning land, not uh, understanding the, you know, the economy and the ecology around you um, is very, very important and key in order for us to, to really be unified. And now until that happens, you know, that's, you know, that's something that's um, going to be kind of the bane of our existence because just like I have, you know, family that moved down from New York to North Carolina, I got a cousin I love to death that I know for, you know, since I grew up. And, you know, he asked me a question. He said, you know, why don't you guys, why don't you drive a nicer car? Why don't you get you a Benz? I was like, for what? I mean, why don't I get a Benz? You know, I'm driving a Toyota. It gets me from A to B. You know, I have a house to maintain. It's, it, it just doesn't make sense for me to to do something like that. I mean, it's just you know, it would, it would, the, would I do? I, re, I don't even want it. I mean, the maintenance and everything is just not practical. And it's, and basically, I'm going to attract a whole bunch of new people who are so-called friends who really are friends. They just with you because of a perception, right? So it's it's. You know, so there's a mindset, there's, there's a, a new genesis and mindset that needs to occur before we can have any real substantive discussion about uh, moving forward in one direction. Uh, Brother Kamal, can I interject something? Sure, sure. Yeah, the question was, was not focused on the masses. It was focused on the so-called pan-Africanist, conscious, whatever label we want to call ourselves, uh, among us. Why is that among the so-called conscious community, we don't see the organization uh, that we should have at this moment in time with the amount of information that we have? That was open. So we're not talking about the brother who wants bends and the people who want rims. We're talking about the people who are who are supposedly already at this point of consciousness that we're already seeing what we need to do, what is enabling us from working together with each other on a on a more larger scale. So that we are automatically eliminated all of the shenanigans and all right. the, 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 you know, <laughs> Thank you. And Thank all you. of them. And we're talking about family members, too, because some of them ain't on board. So we've already eliminated all of them. So now you're saying, okay, why why are we coming together? What is what is enabling us? Can I can I answer? I feel like Horseshack in the classroom. Like, ooh, 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 can I please answer? <laughs> Let me give my take on it. My take on it is the reason why it's not going down is because you can you can basically – form your own little individual hustle with the knowledge. You can be king of your own self-absorbed universe, mm-hmm. and that's what the problem is. What the problem is is that it, they, people can generate revenue off of the problem. When that ceases to exist, you probably have a better shot of people saying, all right, that ain't working. We're going to have to come together. I'm going to be eliminated. But as long as people can separate themselves and have their own little, like the Nation of Islam, to me, you know, just keeping it real, is a hustle. That's their own little individual hustle. You got the Hebrew Israelites, they got their hustle. It's like, you know, the corner. It's no different from the streets. Mm-hmm. Don't sell that stuff on my block. You know what I'm saying? So as long as that dynamic is happening, you won't feel this need, like, um, 
every other group of people who had who were facing a, a, a you know near extinction level you know situation and said, wait a minute, just for self preservation, we're going to have to get together and form some type of a system. You know, there's too many opt outs in this current system that we have. You can be conscious and you can be African centered, or you can choose not to. You can be a full blown Negro. <laughs> you got an opt out in it, and as long as that exists. Like I said, that middle class, when they created the middle class, that was the revolution neutralizer. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't haves and have-nots. It was have, have-nots, and you can get it too. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the conversations turned away from overturning the system to trying to get something out of the system like everybody else is getting. Right. We can work within it, my brother. <laughs> yeah, that's just my take on it. It's, it's too much individual hustles going on. Well, I mean, my, my take is, is it, I mean, because it's, it's tying back into what Brother Kamal said and what this topic is about, is that each group has their own particular ideology, whether we agree with it or not, whether we call it a hustle. I can call, you know, uh, anything a hustle if I don't agree with it. So just because you say the black Hebrews and Nation Islam is a hustle, well, we can say that about almost any group. I can say ASCAC is a hustle. I, I mean, I can That's go true. on. No, I agree with it, you. I don't think it's a. I don't. I don't yeah. think that I'm denigrating them by saying. That. I just think I'm just putting it in layman's terms, basically. Okay. It's like they have their own little, their own little um, level of existence that they maintain, mm-hmm. for right. lack of a better word. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is they're doing what they're supposed to do. They are supposed to bring people or espouse their particular ideology, and if they're able to gather members who support that ideology, that is what they're supposed to do. So I don't have a problem with that per se because that's what every group is supposed to do. When we go out to recruit we want to espouse our ideologies so they can know where we're coming from. Either they're going to agree or not agree. They're going to join us or not join us. That's what every group is doing. The problem is, is that I'm saying uh, among the niche so-called pan-Africanist group, so we 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 could just start with just the pan-Africanist group. We don't have to go to the black Hebrews or anything. What is enabling us? who we're supposed to have a lot in common already. It's still, it kind of, I think it's kind of harkening back to what Holo just said, is that, you know, people emphasize the differences, whether you talk, whether the person be Christian, whether the person be, you know, Islam, whether the person be uh, Hebrew-Israelite, or whether they have no belief system. At the end of the day, the small differences are what's focused on. Versus the end game and the result and the fruits of the labor. So I, I think that's that's really what it boils down to. Because you know when you start talking to a lot of people, you know there's all these debates that go on about you know about Islam, about you know about you know you know he being his Hebrew Israelite, all these different things, and it's not really accomplishing anything. I mean because you because if you if you really want to be honest about it, all of them have roots. In Africa, and all of them have, uh, we have a connection to all of them. So, you know, they're called Abrahamic religions for a reason. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we have to get away from that and stop divorcing 
ourselves from people just based on solely the belief system that they they are part of. Because that's a lot, a lot of it. I will say I, I can give an example just to just to answer the question in the spirit that the brother is is talking. Like just using just the African sentence. I won't even deal with the other interpretations. Um, there was a debate be, on my show between um, Brother Kamal and the Sarm Hotel. And I'm going to use this as an example of what I'm talking about. The, the, the context of the debate was, are we Africans with Americanisms or Americans with Africanisms? And Kamal take, took the position that we're Africans with Americanism, that fundamentally we are Africans. Assad took the position that we're Americans and we have Africanisms. His position to and now the thing is, he didn't disagree with Kamal that we're Africans, but it, but at the same time he disagreed with him. It was like he's doing two things. At the, it's like an intellectually dishonest debate, and it's really something that shouldn't have even been debated. Because if you truly believe that we're Americans, then shouldn't then you know, I'm just taking it to, to the, his his level of thinking. What's to stop a white person from having Africanisms? Exactly. I mean, it fundament. It's like I'm a you're a cat with dogisms. That okay? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because if, if either I'm a cat or I'm a dog, what is it? What am I fundamentally? What am I? And if we don't disagree on that, why are we having a discussion? <laughs> Why are we having a debate? Just for intellectual discourse? So it's a lot of that stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there is a lack of clarity. I mean, it's just like, you know, like on college shows, there's, there's these, these so-called, you know, uh, South African boys that that come on the show, uh, Africaners. And so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, with, you know, they, they call themselves, you know, being Africans. Because you know they happen to be you know the the recipients of of uh, uh, of whatever their great great grandparents uh, did when they came and conquered um, the the area. So yeah, so yeah, I can understand the need for clarity, but once again, yeah. it's just a matter of you know getting beyond um, those differences and, and just really focusing on what's the end result. Because I can't see anyone saying you know who's saying. That if someone comes up with um, the resources and comes up with a plan that's tangible, that they're going to deny it based solely on just their belief system. I mean, that you're not being rational. As long as the person is not, you know, looking to try to uh, corral people into that belief system um, and say that you know we have to be part of that belief system in order to contribute, then you know it really shouldn't matter. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, get off on, on that whole thing. But I just disagree with Assam Hotep's concept of an authentic African. You know, it's like if you don't speak, like like the person that he admires, Amos Wilson, didn't speak African. So that kills your theory right there. <laughs> I ain't think about it that way. I'm going to have to use that next time. I mean, think about <laughs> it. He he didn't grow up. He didn't grow up speaking African. Why? Why are we where? What gravitated us toward the level of consciousness that we have now? Well, we didn't have that. We didn't have the traditional African culture that we grew up in. We didn't speak any traditional African languages. Why are we thinking the way that we do? 
if the language is that dominant in the equation. Right, right. Let me ask a question. Are we really thinking African? Or is this the African-born and American version of what he thinks is African? That would be my question. Because I'd we say think, a little bit of both. We we take that for granted that when we say African, we're thinking African. When I'm living in Africa and I haven't ran across an African-centered African yet in my stay, not just in Morocco, but in my travels around the continent. So... Now, what wait, is, you've, been to, you've been to some of the rural areas and folks that ain't even been touched and, by a cracker because those places no, do exist. Yeah, but they exist. But when we say African-centered, are they looking? Because I can find someone in the rural area who still have his traditional religion and culture, but at the same time he will give all of that up to be American. Right. American culture. <laughs> So I, I, if that's what you're saying, it's African centered. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. This, right. We're assuming that okay, because they live in traditional culture, that they wouldn't trade uh, that that African attire for a, a Wu Tang shirt, or you know, a, a Dodgers baseball cap. Right. You, you're out of your mind. Right. They'll right. give that up in a minute. And, right. and And before you know it, that traditional society will be so westernized. It's like when I was in Senegal, and I'm rolling in a rural area, and there's a group of Senegalese boys sitting around listening to uh, Jay-Z. So I'm assuming they speak English. I get over there. They don't know no English. And, you know, I'm talking in French to them. So you, you know what to say? No, we not know what to say. So what I'm saying to you Right, so what is African-centered? Yeah, what is this thing that we're saying To think African, to be African What, I mean, how Like I said, going back to my First statement Is our analysis correct? And I think that's what Amos is trying To put forth in his work You've got to put forth the correct analysis To have the correct solution We're saying African-centered But what does that mean? Can that be found in Africa? I would say, yeah, you got to get dig deep. I would say that, yeah, for for five of those who would trade it off for the baseball cap and the jersey, there's ten of them who wouldn't. And and we got to dig and find those those ten to five ratio. And um, also, I think that we we can't marginalize our experience here and how that helps us be more African-centered or want to be more African-centered because we're trying to get away from this Western Europeanized thinking. Something that somebody who never had to experience that probably wouldn't appreciate it as much as we do. Right, right. So we can't marginalize that. That's why I say I disagree fundamentally with his theory about this authentic African thing. Like, if you speak the language, if you eat the the food and whatever, then that makes you more authentic as an African. And another thing, I can't invalidate myself. Sorry, ain't going to happen. <laughs> I don't speak an African language, but I am not going to sit here and say I'm not African. That's bullshit. That ain't going to happen. Well, yeah, that's 
But I, I, I will, so any uh, any philosophy that makes me want to invalidate myself is a bullshit philosophy. Agree. <laughs> but I, I will say this: we 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 understand in America that we're living under some of the worst conditions that our people are facing ex- extermination. Mm-hmm. There is a fear. And I think Amos talked about this in African, uh, was the falsification of African consciousness. There is a fear, a paralyzing fear, that stops us from just getting our getting our bags together and leaving. I mean, I always remember, you know, I don't like to quote movies, but the scene is very important because I look at it like this: when you look, think about Ike Turner and Tina Turner, and how she left him with like what two dollars. With nothing. If America is worse than Ike Turner, think about this. Let's get let's get real talk here. If America is worse than Ike Turner, okay, it's been beaten up upside our uh, upside our head. We're talking about just the conscious people. We're not talking mm-hmm. about the man. We know they ain't going nowhere. But we're talking about the conscious people. Why are we just trying to get our bags and get up out of here? What is it that when I see my brothers in Morocco from other parts of Africa, their conditions are so bad that they're trying to get to Morocco to get to Europe? And I'm saying, why isn't the same thing happening to the so-called for the conscious black? If you see that the conditions in America are so bad, why aren't we doing what other people are doing when their conditions get so bad. We're just sticking it in, most of us. We're sticking it out. We don't want to get out and don't understand. I, I, you know, I had real talk with a brother over here who was making just on, he was living on his Social Security. But in Africa, living on Social Security, he was he had money to burn. And I said, now, it's this type of stuff that if black people just knew that that you can have a better life living in your own country, in your own continent, among your own people, than to be struggling a nine to five for the next thirty years. This is what all these whites are doing. I mean, I, you'd just be amazed to see all these white people come to Africa with nothing, with their backpack. I mean, literally, they have a backpack on their back. Wife have a backpack. Husband have a backpack, and the two kids have a backpack. They don't even have a place to stay yet. Listen, and and, and let, me, let me tell you something else. Like, I mean, if you want to go over there, and like, if you do have some resources, I mean, you can actually get a you can get a house for like fifteen thousand dollars. A nice house, just you know, got to be anything fancy. Just enough to be you and your, your wife, your kids, if you got if you're married, and and live. I mean, it's just amazing. You can go plenty of places where it doesn't cost you that much to actually have your own little piece of land and and just uh, and exist, you know. So yeah, and I that's mean, what that's what. Even if you're you're not trying to get a house, let me give you an example. This older man, he was he was from uh, somewhere like I don't know if he was from, he was from the East Coast. I can't remember where he's from. He was living. He was renting an apartment for what which a little less than two hundred US dollars. Right? And 
he had four bed, four or five bedroom home, right? He had a maid that came in to clean every couple of days, right? He life was just he could not live this life in America at his age. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is is that you have to come on the ground and see that the little that you have, the little that you have acquired in America, whether it's knowledge or money, will take you a long way in some parts of Africa until you get be able to to find out your niche in the culture and in the society, what you, you, you're going to do. And that's what I want, I wish a lot of brothers and sisters would do. Come and find the time to come and explore, not come as a visitor, but come and, like I, I tell people all the time, come come stay with me. I, I Just come to where I'm at, and I'll put you up, come stay, so you can find out. And if more brothers or sisters do, like, be that underground railroad to Africa, though, you understand what I'm saying? That, brother, you can come. We set up a group of people already in Africa that says when you come, you can stay with us. Check it out for about three or four months, six months. See if that's where you want to be or you can go back to slavery. You understand what I'm saying? Because believe me, some slaves that Harriet freed probably went back to the plantation. So it, 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 it's going to happen. But the point is, this is the type of thing that we need to get past the fear thing. And I think that's what Amos was talking about in that falsification of African consciousness, is that we have to get past the fear thing. You know, and and I'm saying, basing it on myself, when when I finally relocated to the motherland, and Kamal was my witness, we've been talking about this for a long time, man. <laughs> But when I finally did it, I asked myself, why didn't I do it 10 years ago, 15 years ago? You understand what I'm saying? And that's what I'm saying. I always remember that Chinese that came here with his family with nothing, came on a one-way trip uh, to Africa with nothing, and now he was telling me his whole story, how he had stores all over and this and that and this. And that's what I'm trying to say. He didn't have a plan. He said, I got to get out of China. I don't know how to make it there. I heard Africa is where it's at. Everybody is in Africa. I'm telling you now, I'm your eyewitness news. Everyone is coming <laughs> to Africa. Everyone is here. White people getting off the, uh, the airport, getting off the boats, man. And they don't have nothing. They say, you know what, Europe, there ain't nothing happening there. I'm going to seek my fortune in Africa. Everyone is coming to Africa except the so-called conscious American, uh, African American, or African Pan-African, however you want to look at it. Man, I love Block Up. We need to get out of here. Need to get out of here. For real. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that most, a lot of black Pan-Africanists don't even have passports is amazing. I and, got mine. Actually, I'll be in Liberia sometime in either April or May of next year, so, you know, so to come visit and do some uh, some work on the ground. So, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I might have I, to I roll with you, that. man. I might have to roll with yeah, you. That's a good enough time for me to get my ends together. 
Yeah, yeah, me, um, Kyla, um, George, brother George, African Warlord X. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a bunch oh, of yeah. Yeah, my, my, yeah. Well, my, my brother um, Chuck, who's out in uh, D.C., you know, there's a bunch of us we trying to go, probably like six, seven of us. So, because yeah, they got, they actually have direct flights to leave from Atlanta now. So for people who are in the south, they can go straight there from from Atlanta. And for everyone, of course, who's in Hawaii, they can you know, go there straight themselves. So, yeah, so they can go straight to Monrovia. That's what it is. Wow. Okay. This is a good show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta check your numbers, man. Your your chat room was full. Yes, yes, that was that was that was exciting. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank you for that. And <laughs> see, yeah, that's what I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then there was a nice amount of folks in the call queue, and so yeah. Yeah, you should have some good numbers tonight. And and come on, when you can do that African centered news show, I really enjoyed that. Put that on the calendar soon. What you said? Oh, you enjoyed I, the. When the they old gonna one? do that? Well, no, I'm I do another. Oh yeah, um, it's like this topic just been on my brain for a while, and I'm gonna have to do part three because I ain't get through all this stuff. But I've been wanting to do that, and so it's like that's a that sort of like a filler show. But what's interesting is that that's one of my most downloaded shows. Right. That, that show <laughs> is good. And, and I appreciate that's... you using some of my articles there, too. So I'm, I'm really oh, trying absolutely. to push that out there. So, um, you know, it's just something I can do while, while to keep, you know, focus back in America. So I, I try to write a couple pieces every now and then. So, um but yeah, definitely keep that show. That show is a nice show. Cool, cool, yeah. I mean, just, again, like looking at the numbers, it's just it, it was blowing me away. It was like, wow, over a hundred people <laughs> downloaded right. just that news program. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to do it again. Just find some more good stuff. Yeah, right. that's good. That's good. Very good. All right, well, we got 15 minutes. Either we can ramble or we can <laughs> end the show. Anybody else got anything other good news to add? Or What's up with, I mean, I be trying to keep tabs on a lot of the the stuff that's happening in the, the so-called conscious circle, but I'd like to get y'all perspective. What's up with all of that? It's like, I don't know, it's the Sarah Sutton... What's his name? Sarah. What's the brother name out of Detroit? Yeah, Sarah Sutton. Now, what what is going on? Is that a trend now where people are just taking on different organizations? Um, you know, like I know I saw a couple of debates with some Moorish people that he did, or is that something that's becoming popular? Or what is your take on that whole? Because I think we're seeing another paradigm shift where we see so-called, I guess, conscious, guess, whatever you want to call them, challenging like the black, the black Hebrews, Nation of Islam, or is, is that something that is that that's just starting to happen, or is that just one person on a rampage? Well, 
<laughs> I might have a different take on it than their hold up, so I'll let him get in. And don't forget, we only got like 13 minutes. Um, no, I, I think our take will probably be the same. I mean, SETI has been, he was out for a couple of years. Um, He got popular on YouTube, and then he had a debate against the Morris Science Temple. Um, And then that's when he really took off. Um, yeah, just, yeah, that was a massacre. <laughs> but um, what happened after that, I mean, I don't want to get into the intricacies of it, but basically um, people saw how profitable the debate circuit was, and then it became a whole big controversy amongst certain factions about who's going to control the debates, and people started... You know, basically, you had certain people trying to play like Don King and setting up beasts between people so they could. You know, it just got crazy because they saw it was a lot of money. That's crazy. That's crazy. So that's, that's, that's basically that's what, what happened. That was, that's what they was looking like from my perspective. I was like, now, have we gone completely crazy? I mean, what is this? like WWE, the advocate? <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, to, on one on one end of it, what Teddy said is you got a lot of folks out here who are talking nonsense and confusing the folks. And since we're saying we're standing on um, our shoulders of our ancestors and we got the right information, we need to separate the wheat from the chaff. And so, right. I, I mean, now, now, Judge, you know, like me, we didn't. I've been doing the, the stuff against the Christians for a while and we even had a little stuff with the Muslims for uh, you know, back in San Diego, but just that aspect of we got so many damn splinter groups and, and, and I've talked about this. We some of these splinter groups need to go the hell away. They are messing <laughs> up the larger con the larger quote unquote conscious group. They take a little bit of the Africa piece and then go off on some space shit or go off on some other stuff and then once they leave that group and then they hear some other some other folks talking to Africa stuff. They don't want to hear it because they just lump them into the craziness they just dealt with. So yeah, some we done we done created different continents, imaginary places that we supposed <laughs> to be originating from, and all this other craziness. Ah, so 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 some of it does need to go away. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, uh, we from Atlantis now. Like we ain't, we ain't from the motherland. We from Atlantis. We down there with the Submariner. Me and no, Jaja, I, 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 I don't know if you remember this, Jaja. Me and Jaja, hold up. We sat in on a lecture one time called "The Cosmic African" out in San Diego. A brother from the continent. He he was telling us a whole bunch of good information for about an hour, and then the second hour he got to this cosmic African piece where basically he was saying there were Africans in the seventh universe or in the seventh galaxy somewhere in space just waiting for the right time. They're watching us right now, (laughs) waiting for the right time. And You remember this, John? And they go, I still have the video. I still have the video. Oh, my God. (laughs) What was that? That was the the, the continental version of um, Dr. York or something? Basically. Do you want to mention his name? Come on, or not? Because I remember his name. <laughs> I, like, I, I do want... too. <laughs> yeah, okay, but well, you don't want to. Mention it, so I'll leave it alone. Yeah, that's. And it's like that. <laughs> it's like that. Show the whole pattern. People talking about people pulling knowledge out their ass. That's yeah. why, like, one right. time you get yo yo yo. Hold up, hold a second. You remember when you you the the little clip you played, and money was like twelve. 
I don't know. I don't know if the callers know. Did the callers know that Bruce Lee was an African teacher? You didn't know that when he was going. He was talking about the Twa people. Yeah, wow. these guys just put the thing that kills me is how these guys just pull this crap out. Of, one dude got on the show saying that when the when the slaves were saying massa, that that was a Hebrew word. So we wow. thinking that they talk about master like it's a perversion of master, but it's actually Hebrew word. Of course, that was absolute bullshit. But it sounded really good. <laughs> now, now I did come across a brother out of Atlanta who. Going around saying he can levitate objects. <laughs> oh, I saw a video recently. I saw a video recently. Um, oh damn, this brother. It was um they was experimenting on um making clouds disappear in the sky by looking at them. So I said, it's amazing that we can do all this stuff with every element on the earth, but we can't do a damn thing with this white man. This white man is immune to all of these mystical powers. I, I'm telling you. I mean, I, I looked at the brother's lecture the other day, and for just for the entertainment version, he said, everybody around here talking about they can talk to the spirits and do all of these things. They can control wind and all of this stuff. He says, well, why did they do something that the spirits stopped the earthquake in Haiti and the, the hurricane in right. and, um, and, uh, and New Orleans? And, and so my point is, this stuff is, uh, to me, it's just, it's just it's out of control. It's comedy. It's comedy. Like, yeah, why don't we all just get in a circle and hold hands in Haiti and just redevelop the Haiti infrastructure through telepathic thoughts? <laughs> yes. Let's just do that. Let's just get. The, as a matter of fact, like, I, I want to do this. Let's all get together and focus on one point and eliminate the European off the face of the earth. How about that? There you go. There you Since go. we moving, we moving clouds and making them disappear. Well, you you, you want to have a lot of people joining in on that one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it I is absolutely people. ridiculous. I know seven people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let me tell you something. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that with all of this crazy stuff, it's making very little impact upon the masses. The masses are still caught up into the whole, you know, media thing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. even though you got all this craziness going on, this side stuff, the masses are still pretty much locked into the church. They're locked into the TV. I have more, I, I I used to know people that would run home to see the red carpet thing when they do for the the Emmy Awards. I was like, this is crazy. Oh, you know what? I can't believe I forgot this because you had mentioned about the problem within the African Senate community. I'm right. almost forgot the most important thing: the ass. You, it's a lot of fine sisters in the, in the African Senate community. <laughs> But yeah, well, you know the path with that. You know, and a lot of the, a lot of this game and all of this stuff that you see going on is yeah. with them. Right. Look, 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 yo, hold up, hold up. You are a hundred percent right about that because you know women, you know, while they are attracted to power, they're attracted to intelligence, even if it's so pseudo intelligence. Mm-hmm. So like you know, you know, I'm not gonna put nobody's name out there, but like. 
You know, there's a dude that, you know, we know that, you know, he, I don't know, he actually knows some people who have substance who are making things happen, but when you mm-hmm. talk to him, you know, it's just one of those situations where it's just very vacuous. He, he really isn't really that much substance to him, but for whatever reason, he attracts people that substance. Right. And so, you know, his whole, so he's basically, you know, he's a dude who, you know, he'll, you know, he'll say he's been in this, you know, doing this for 20-some-odd years, but hasn't even been to the continent. He's almost 50-something years old. But he's, he's, he's about advancing the, 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 the cause forward. And when you ask him why he hasn't gone, oh, I got work to do over here. Not because he don't have the resources, just because he got work to do over here. But meanwhile, right. he likes to have, you know, all these chicks on his Facebook page blowing them up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of fine sisters in this in the African Senate, you know, community. So you know, if you can get yourself, you know, you can be, you know, a powerful figure. It's just like you, you know, poetry circles. Y'all been in poetry circles, right? You know, they got like certain guys and they got groupies. Right. Like each poet has their own set of groupies. It's the same thing in the conscious community. Hey, Kamal, check the chat room. I sent you a message. I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, okay. Yeah, the show's about to drop everybody off now. So um, thank everybody in the chat room. Thank everybody, all, all y'all and everybody else who was in live. We'll go, go ahead and pick up where we left off in this last next week, um, continued on, and then um, keep on going. Are we wasting our time? looking at the psychological aspects of this, and we're going to bring in Amos Wilson and his breakdown in consciousness. So if you got Blueprint for Black Power, you want to and be ahead of the group, check out Chapter 3, because I'm going to be quoting from that heavily next week. Is um, I'm sorry, Chapter 4 on consciousness and power. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah, so thanks, thanks everyone again. And... Um, Hit me up after this if you still want to talk, Jaja. What's your What's your Skype name? Do I have your Skype uh, name? I don't have a Skype name. Oh, you don't have a Skype. Okay, how do I? Okay, all right. Just, just call me. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. A all right. Peace. Total all right, peace. African liberation.